0: Hello and welcome to Stories from the Christmas Story. This is Season 4, Episode 5, Corn Chips and Orange Soda. So this is going to be a little bit of a short episode, mostly because I haven't been keeping up on a lot of international news. I've seen there's been some weird thing in Time Magazine, which I'm like, I know nothing about it, so I'm going to steer clear of whatever the heck that was. Um, Something about, like, it essentially looked like there was a cabal of people who tried to defend the institution of the election to make sure Trump blah blah blah. I have no idea if any of that's true or if it's complete speculation or what the heck it's from. So let's just say this. I don't know. And I frankly don't like Time Magazine because they, they're they ideologues and whatever the heck this is saying. Uh, it's worth investigating, but I have not spent any time on it. So I'm just going to say I don't believe it yet. Um, I don't believe it or its opposing view. At this point, I'm neutral on it. Like I could go either way until I see the evidence saying which direction I should go. Super Bowl is tomorrow. We have Tom Brady going for his seventh ring against Patrick Mahomes going for his second. Two great teams facing off. Um, I don't know how many people were expecting Tom Brady to get all the way to the Super Bowl after changing divisions and teams in one whole season doing that. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, Also, the fact that he's a 43 year old player who is like the only quarterback who's ever started all, as many games as he has at his age. In fact, I don't think there's any been any quarterbacks of his age group that has started a game in the history of the NFL uh, in their 43rd uh year of life. So that's that's pretty amazing. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, you good old young Patrick Mahomes just he's he's just been stellar all year all year long with them. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey and his other and the rest of the guys on his team. Hope hope that they, both teams go out and have an amazing game. Um Yeah, you know, they usually say defenses win Super Bowls, and I believe that uh Kansas City's probably got a little bit better of a defense based on just from how I've watched them play over the year, but I'm either way, it's gonna be a fun game, and I honestly hope that uh, both teams have a great time doing it and it sort of is a good uh, if <clears throat> if it's Brady's win, Mahomes, you know, puts a good fight up for him, makes it a very good, hard-fought game, and, and vice versa. And if but if Brady wins, um, I hope that Mahomes kind of gives him a little salute, like wow, man, doing well. If Brady loses and Mahomes wins, I hope Tom Brady just pays like the absolute respect he can to Patrick Mahomes, and I have no doubt he will. So we shall see what happens. Um, frankly, I it's it's going to be interesting. This is the first time a home team has hosted a Super Bowl, which is amazing. Like being in your home stadium for the 55 years the Super Bowl has happened. What are the odds of that? That's first of all, like think about this. What are the odds that Tom Brady goes, changes his division, joins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, gets to the Super Bowl, and it's his home stadium hosting the game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the odds are. The fact that the Super Bowl has been going on uh, twelve years longer than he's been alive, and that he gets this—that's—I uh, don't. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling, mind-boggling. I uh, hope Patrick Mahomes one day gets to have that experience because he's a great quarterback, and I just hope that both teams have a great time, have a good game. The winner wins. The loser is held up as being a great team as well. Um, the one thing I would say is I hope that no matter which team wins, I, I hope the players don't get the victory going into their head where they start rene- renegotiating contracts to get way more money sooner. Because that's how you lose a good team is you get a team that gets all the way to the Super Bowl, they win, and then three of the key players get contract negotiations that increase their pay. <coughs> because of that, they can't actually play in the same team anymore, so then they go off, and that's like, well, that um, those men who that uh, that team of fifty three is not the same team next year. So now they've got holes. Now maybe they draft somebody who replaces the guy who wants more money, be- who plays better. You know, but you you sort of got to wonder: Are they going to be the? It's not. Is it going to come back to at the end of this for some of the younger players and some of the older players? You know, who also want to get paid because they've been playing the league for a long time. Do they get the attitude of, I need to get my money out now because I'm not going to be around forever, or is it more of a, I want to have a long career, but I also want to make sure that I play with a very good team at all times. So that's always a strategy thing to think about when it comes to football. Uh, Watched uh, Greenland with Gerard Butler. It uh, came out on February 5th for um, Amazon Prime. So I decided just when I got home from work yesterday, um, just turned on and record and watch it. And I don't know, like, I I guess Meteor and Comet and Impact shows, like, it's funny, I've only seen Deep Impact once and I have no desire to watch it again. And uh, I watched Armageddon a second time and was kind of like, okay. Yeah. I guess, like, the CG just doesn't hold up and it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, they're interesting movies, but they just don't hold up. Like, disaster movies generally don't unless they're really well done for some reason um, but watching that one the way it was portrayed as more, the way it is is—is more of a family drama trying to survive the apocalypse versus a disaster movie that happens to have a family as its lead Lead sort of makes it work better, the way it was styled is, is um, better where they see the events happening but it's generally not happening to them yet it's like they see the first ex the uh, first comet impact on TV. They don't experience it. They it's like not until mo they more experience the horror of trying to evacuate and survive. And it's an interesting um. I think that's an interesting uh take on that type of movie. And um, you know, Troy Butler really seems to hold his own on it. <laughs> it's interesting. It's just like how Liam Neeson had went from a serious actor to doing some of these action films. How Gerard Butler's doing that now? Um, came about like you know, got famous on Three Hundred, and then like you know, he did the the um, blah 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 has fallen. So Olympus has fallen, has fallen, Angel has fallen. Um, you know, he did an earlier movie, Gamer. Um, what was another one he's done that uh, he did well in? Like you know, Greenland. Um, it's kind of weird how he's kind of held off. Like it's been those three movies. Um, The fallen series that has really been showing him off as a good, good actor. And yet he's had a th- career beforehand. It's just, you know, how things go. You don't always expect what you're going to be doing. The fact that he's 51 years old is interesting. Um, I will say this. That there's a point to the film where it's just like, I, I don't know. I guess like for narrative sakes, it makes sense. But for me, it's like, leave the kid, leave the kid. <laughs> But uh, that's not... But then it's like the whole drama... Half the drama of the film is gone. So, I get that. Uh, <laughs> has, has been play- I have been playing um, the Let's Just Sell the Breath of the Wild today. And finally went back and did be- the um, Ch- Ballad of the Champions um, DLC pack. So now all I got left is just to finish the Master Sword Trials. And then I'm pretty much like... like the questing part of the game. I still don't have the 999 Kurok seeds. I'm not crazy to go after that, but, you know, my link, I've got somewhere around 23,000 rupees. I can afford almost anything I want. Oh, I wish I could transfer those money, uh, those rupees into um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, but I got to play that more, and that's still fun. I'll play more of it tomorrow. Uh but yeah, I mean, I getting back into that. Um, I guess I've been reading up about all, all the things and fighting the uh, one uh, Shika, um What's it called? Uh, the one Shika Monku who's been like asleep for a th- ten thousand years, and you have to fight him. And how it's like, oh, he's even harder than Calamity again. It's like, no, he w- well, maybe he is, but I guess I'm so used to playing and like I've got a weird technique. It's like he wasn't that frustrating. And it was kind of a good game. Um, it was a good way to play that game. Really did like that. Uh, just, just the way it's going. And I, it brings me back to this um, meme from American Dad, where it's uh, where they're they're showing off like the terror alert level. It's like orange, and then red is the next one. And the needle's just barely there on between them. But what the meme is is it's a uh, game I love, game I hate, and a very and gamers is is um Stan from American Dad staring at it. It's like uh not Stan, um no. or oh, is the father called Stan? I can't even freaking remember. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't actually, I don't even remember. Actually, I haven't watched American Dad in freaking ever. I only watched the first two seasons of that show. But essentially, it's the father looking at it, and it's like. Yeah, it is, it can go to a very, very fine line of game I love versus game I hate. And boy, is that, that's true. But to be honest, when you hate a game, um, like when you're on that fine line and you hate a game, it's because one little mechanic is all it takes to do it in that level, um, in that level of play. There are certain games where just, I don't like them. Like I'm not an MMO RPG kind of person. Like you know, World of Warcraft. I've never played, no desire to play. Um I could play re- single player RPGs like Skyrim, El- the Elder Scrolls series, um, Fallout. So that's different. I don't know why. It's just it's just different feeling for me. For me. And I just know that's a different thing. It also didn't help that the well, it also explains when I was growing up. I was growing up on a bad on a rural internet connection, which means that playing online games was my ping was terrible, I could never really join any servers and be effective at playing it. So that sucked that. Um but yeah. Just things that you learn that you gotta get through and then when you move back into a city where you get really good internet connection and you actually buy buy it yourself, all of a sudden you care about it. It's just all these other things. Um speaking of which, next week the um uh Super Mario Brothers um the new super mario brothers game that came out for the Wii U is being re-released with um Bowser's Fury expansion which is supposed to be like two, another 100 levels or so like r- ridiculous amount of content they're adding to it on the Switch so i might pick that up i've been playing um playing a bit more mario sunshine mostly going after s- the uh, Delfino Plaza stuff and, oh man i um i did that thing where you have to get Yoshi all the way to that one little island and then I've shot the um, the little golden bird with the shine sprite, and I went and did that, and it's like, oh, I have to restart this whole thing again. Curse me. I am dumb. And I deserve that. It's just, ugh. then I've been mostly grinding away doing the stupid little daily quests that have to be done at Ghost Recon Wildlands, because damn it, I want to get all that stuff, and I don't want to spend a damn penny more on it. It's a fun game but it's just like I mean I guess I can justify it but like right now it's sort of like i my financial position is not allowing me for that much excess throw-aroundable money. At least it wasn't. Things have gotten a little bit better recently and will continue to get better. So there's things about that and I've been watching a few other things. Ah, still like you know looking in every once in a while to so the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S releases and staring at it's like okay, what's going on here? I'm I've it's just interesting to see like on Facebook, on Twitter, all these people like oh lining up. Apparently like PlayStation because of raw components they don't have access to and they're not getting as many as they expected or they can't are not going to be able to ramp up production as quickly as they wanted to. So essentially, the PlayStation 5 will remain a hot, but a hot uh, commodity for a while. Great. But really, the more I think about it, the only reason I keep looking at these websites isn't to buy it. It's more like, has it reached the point of people are actually able to get it? And obviously not, because they're all still saying sold out. And I'm... I'm at the point now where it's like, I would love to consider buying one. But, and it's always that but, and the but is way more realistic in it. How many, what games are you going to play? I mean, you're still going to beat Ghost of Tsushima, and, and it's on your PlayStation 4. You love that game. Um, What, you're going you're gonna to download Dead Rising? Uh, not Dead Rising, uh, Death Stranding. Play that. You're going to play that on PC when you build your... And, uh, you know, you could play it on your PC to de- tonight if you bought it. Or same with Nier, like, uh, not Nier, um, Neo Autonomous, uh, that one. Um, you know, there's not that, I many. what, you want to play Dragon Souls um, or Demon Souls? It's like, yeah, but I haven't played, uh, you know, Dark Souls two, 1 or 3 or beaten 2 yet. So it's like, okay. There's all this other stuff. It's like, eh. Other things I can play that can give me the same experience that I either own or could play on different platforms that wouldn't be um, either cost prohibitive in a rare in a scarcity or it's just not there yet It's like you know I'm waiting for the next horizon game and that's going to be released on the PlayStation 4 hopefully in better condition than the cyberpunk games were <laughs> oh that's terrible though, but um but that's supposed to be the second, so that's supposed to be third quarter, so like fall this year. At that time, if the PlayStation 5s aren't in a hot commodity, they're not going to be in 2021. Uh, if they're not like in high supply, then they won't be for all of 2021. Christmas and the holiday season will come around. They'll be very scarce then. We'll have to see if Nintendo even releases something new. And at that point, it's like, okay, well, I can wait till 2022, I'll buy in 2022 because I'll have a lot more money. I'll build my new computer this year, hopefully. All things being considered equal. And it's just you know, commodities are commodities and all this stuff and stonks and, you know. It's just been an interesting year so far. I mean, we're what? This is day 6 of February. We're in the 6th day of the second month of 2021. The the COVID, the Rona is still around. Um, Canada is just a joke when it comes to vaccinations. So our, our glorious prime minister, Justin Trudeau, ugh, is just, he says we've got vaccines coming, and then we get like, you know, a thousand in a month. There's a thousand in a week. It's like, well, that's good. a thousand for each province a month. It's like, oh, gosh, or a week. Okay. And it's like, great, so maybe a school, maybe two schools have gotten vaccinated in a province. It's like, great, based on the current rate of inoculation and vaccination. Our current rate is going to take us 10 years to do. We will have reached herd humidity probably next year just by people getting it through through natural causes of it being spread. I mean, the the way to beat this is you have to get mo like that seventy percent, and of course, like most of these stats are saying seventy five to eighty five percent, which you know is is numbers that have changed since the last year, where it first started it like, is like herd immunity is fifty to sixty percent, and then the stupid U.S. government under Anthony Fauci, who has been wrong about the vast majority of his predictions, um, he is a doctor, and he's been in charge at the CDC of their infectious diseases program and all this other stuff, and he's been wrong. Numerous times. So he starts changing the goalposts. "I says, okay, uh, 60%, let's go to 75%. And then the next interview, he's at 85%. He's like, that's where we realistically should be. It's like, you know the evidence is that if 50 or more percent of the population, 50 to 60% of the population have it, in a room of 10 people, six can't get it, which means only those four can. And once those four have it, they will have, a slight, they will have a degree of immunity. Now, we don't know, know how good that d- immunity will be to the other strains, considering that there's now, what, 316 strains f- throughout the United States. Great, good job. We have no idea where, where this is going to go. You just got a vaccine, as many as you can. And, of course, our government, Justin Trudeau, is like, oh, we've got these vaccines. Well, show us the, show us the papers that say we have it. You keep saying these things, and yet you never deliver on deliver on it. And of course, because it's a federal purchase of the materials, the provinces can't go around and buy a bunch. Now we've got a Canadian company who wants 150 million seed money from the uh, from the federal government to build their facilities to do it. One is in in Calgary here, but they're not going to be producing until 2022, 2022. Sorry, I hate myself when I do that. Um, but the reality is, at that point. Going through a second winter of this virus, it may be gone. It may have spread through our system so effectively that the few who have gotten the inoculation and that got a chance during summer, which is your best chance of getting the inoculation and vaccine to beat for the winter is the summer. If you can get a good portion of the population vaccinated who haven't had it or are close to experiencing it in the summertime and into the fall, that way you can dramatically reduce the spread in winter time. But if our goal is, well, a thousand doses a month a week for each province, that's all I'm gonna get. It's like you're wasting our time then. Then don't buy any. It just it's just ludicrous. It's just stupid. Why like the, the federal government has not done anything right during this whole pandemic? And you, you read Rex Murphy's our column yesterday in the National Post, and you just like start, and it's like, well, Rex, you know, okay. I agree with most of that. It's like some of these things are not related to the government stuff, but if you're criticizing Trudeau, all of it is definitely valid and should be brought up. And the fact that our government is the most, like, of all the Western democracies... We seem to have just been um, obfuscating so much data from our population. And the population is just accepting. It's like, yeah, Trudeau Trudeau and the Deputy Prime Minister don't need to answer questions during question, period. Why should they? It's like, they're a minority party. If they're not answering questions, they should be voted out. But of course they've got a weak-willed NDP leader backing them who just, it's the stupidest thing, like the NDP should just immediately turn against them and be like, yeah, this isn't the time to have an election, I agree, but it's time to keep the government accountable. And the fact that we can't keep them accountable is just disastrous. What's the point of having a minority government if we can't stab them and say, hey, uh, you know, I guess stab isn't the right word, but, you know, flick them in the uh, in the forehead and say, hey, what the heck are you doing? What the heck are you doing, you dumb idiot? Get to work. Show us, your, show us the frickin' evidence you got the vaccines that you bought from all these companies. You keep saying we've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on them. Where are they? Show us the delivery plans. Show us the delivery dates. What's, where's the distribution? Uh, you, you don't know? Well, then why? Why don't you know? Oh, you, you, the contract says you bought them, but you said deliver whenever available. Well, So other countries are paying, and then they're getting confirmed delivery dates. Oh, because they're paying a million more? What the heck, man? Get on it! Oh, we're raiding the the G seven supply for developing nations. We're doing that. Canada, one of the mo- one of the nicest, most supporting countries of the developing world, is taking supplies from the developing world because our government doesn't know how to do anything right related to this COVID mess. Wow how how far have we fallen? Mr. Trudeau, I really hope your father's grave is spinning, and I hope you've put a generator onto it because it could power inf, it could power or um you know, uh, the prime minister's house and your stupid cabin, bin uh the stupid cottage that you're always spending time, at, Matt, infinitely, because he's probably like this is my legacy is my idiot son. So when you want to, but pure Elliot Trudeau. I may just like the man, man for the politics he did to Alberta but at least he put canada first meanwhile well, his son who's just a pretty boy is just it's not even the politics of it like it's just he's a bad leader and he's only a leader of the party because of his a his name and b he's a pretty boy that the millennial population thought oh he's with us he understands what's like yeah he if if that's how the if that's who the millennial is boy, we are a very bad generation. Like, we are an example of we are shit. We should be getting paid $2 an hour when our when the post-millennials are getting $10 an hour because this is just... This is who we elected? We're going to bankrupt our country because we wanted a pretty boy in office. And, oh, the, uh, the leader of the main opposition parties couldn't agree, so we got a, you know thing, uh, uh, whatever you can say about him. Th- my criticism is because he's not even doing anything to keep Trudeau accountable, proves that he shouldn't even be a party leader. He's a blank check. He's useless. NDP just just cease becoming a party and be absorbed by the liberals. At least then we can say the liberals have a majority and they can get away with this. And I'd say the same thing with the UCP and 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 any government that has absolute control that is not giving reasonable and reliable data and information to their citizens regarding this COVID thing. Like, apparently, at least somebody, somebody credited, now now, granted, I don't know if this was true, but somebody said that that we can't rely on the science for reopening related to the vaccinations and all that other stuff. Uh, Somebody said that, I don't if somebody attributes it to doc- Dr. Dina Henshaw, I have no idea if that's true or not because I did not watch the press conference apparently that was f- said in so I will not thing um I, it doesn't sound like something she would say but strange times i've said things in the last year and a half i didn't think i would be saying but um i just i stare at this today this is the world that's going on and you really just gotta wonder, wonder what's what's the end goal here? what's the end goal? what's the end goal it's just it's it's just <sighs> in regards to Alberta's vaccination so uh, not a vaccination. Let's throw out the Alberta vaccination thing. I know that we basically have no information when our vaccines are coming in, and when they come in, we learn about them, and then we distribute them as best we can, and then it's, we're out. And and we get them ad- one day, and the next day we're out, and it's like, well, now we got four more days until the next shipment might arrive, but we have no idea. We can't get confirmed timetables on anything because the federal government won't tell us anything. Now, if if your province is saying we don't know because we don't, the information that we're supposed to be getting is not there. It's like, well. Can you criticize the province if they're only the distributor, if they're only the middleman, And they'd have no information coming in. Yes, they're mad, and they would probably love to get as many doses out as possible, as with the feds, but the feds aren't telling anybody anything. But in regards to Alberta, this Monday, Monday February 8th, we will start a reopening of the restaurants. We will allow families to go to restaurants together, as long as there's max six at a table. And, hey... That'll finally start seeing something. Okay, that's a slight return to pre-November normalcy, and we are going into—I mean, this is the wor- this is the more um, weather-based winter season. As February through March is usually the worst time for for winter weather in Alberta, especially specifically around Calgary. So we'll see how this all happens. I I I I don't know what's. Uh, what's going to happen i sincerely hope um based on what we know that restaurants generally are not methods of transmission we shouldn't see too much of a problem i fear that the government will use um the frowned upon several parties that are probably going to happen to a few people is going to use that as an excuse to shut things down again and blame them for that um we'll have to see what's happening because we've been staying under 500 for the last week. I think uh, there was an error with some results that they pumped them up and it's like, but then that was only confirmed infections. That wasn't hospitalizations. Like the hospitalization numbers didn't change at all. It's like, okay, well, okay. But hopefully there's no surge at all and like nothing within the next two weeks. So that you know, we get to enjoy eating at restaurants again, and you know, going out with our families instead of having takeout and sitting in the same room. We actually get to go somewhere and enjoy, like you know, enjoy a steak at the keg, enjoy a, you know, a, a Caesar salad and a pizza at Ria's. You know, like going out and doing something that you really want to do again. And hopefully, the government doesn't freak out and shut everything down over one little tiny spike. I mean, I get the I get it from a extremely conservative point of view. Like a spike is scary, but it's like, you know, let the people live their lives. Like, uh, just it's it's saddening. And then Calgary getting its winter shot. It's third winter shot of the year. Really, we have. Um, I mean, it is February, so it is when we were supposed to start seeing snow. And there's about fifteen centimeters of snow at max on the ground over the last over what came down this week. I've shoveled my house about three times already, and I'll probably have to do it again. I'll do it again later tomorrow. Um, This current snowfall, according to AccuWeather, is not supposed to stop falling until about (laughs) 1 to 2 a.m. Oh, now it's going to stop at 11 a.m., 11 p.m., so 2,300 hours local time. I'll probably be up dropping, tr- taking trigger out for a uh, for a bathroom break run, then. So I might sh- shovel a little bit. Boy, is he experiencing the cold! <laughs> it's actually really funny. Um, he's normally like <coughs> negative ten. He'll roll around in the snow. He'll lie his chest up, t- his legs just pointed skyward in a in the pile of s- snow. This is getting to him. Like he's going out there. He's going to pee, and he's looking at me like I need to go back inside. He's going out, going for his poo. He's like, nope, oh, nope, nope. No. It's it's cold. He's got the face. He's. I'm not yelling at him. Well, not yelling. at him. I'm not calling him to go into um, go go inside now anymore. Now I'm following him because he's like, I need to go inside right now. And he runs over to the door. It's just it's cute. But I, my parents' dog is going the same way. He's just like, nope, I'm not sticking around. Goes out to the bathroom, goes out onto their deck. Immediately turns around, and is like, "Yep, this was a mistake." Going back inside and just plop it down. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and I mean, the weather is expected to be generally chilly in the negative twenties. Um, for let's see, how long are we expecting the negative twenties to go for? It looks like we will be in the negative twenties until about the eleventh. And then we'll start seeing a rise. Um, If we're lucky and the long-term forecast holds, by the 17th, 18th, we might actually see uh, close to zero degree Celsius temperatures. Is that likely? Well, that is a long way out. And I will say that... uh, Who knows? Um, Sometimes those predictions come true. Sometimes they don't. I mean, uh, when we got the big snowfall on what happened on Wednesday... They weren't saying that on Tuesday morning, and then it became like, "Oh no, nope, we got a big Arctic system coming in on Wednesday that we'd had no idea Wednesday ni- Wednesday morning." So having long term things, it's just using it's just using stats and law averages, and basically accumulating data for how many years and trying to measure out like what would be in the if ex- uh, what's like the acceptable range of where it is, because you don't know like. It, Something could spawn off the coast of BC tomorrow afternoon that would change the next week's weather, and we, you know, that would affect Calgary on Wednesday. That was not predicted. So there's all that going on. I got a uh, one thing to go through. I'll see if I can get to it by next week. Is um, and I should be able to unless I get some surprises in my life. My one of my friends uh, dropped off uh, Tenet for me to watch, so I will get that. In figure out if I... if Christopher Nolan's movie <coughs> is pretty good or not. Right now, it's like, well, I ought to go see it in theaters, but uh, never really got the urge to. It was sort of that thing of, like, I'd like to, but I'm... You know. Don't really care that much. Uh, it basically was a thing of, I couldn't... Like, any friend I would want to go with was in extreme germaphobe territory at that point. So even if we could have gone into a theater that was like 10 people only. He would have been ah oh, no, no no no. So not worth it. Uh And yeah, I can understand that way, but ugh, boy, the amount of just coming out of this uh what's going to come out of this covid thing, the amount of mental illness and and other fatigues and stuff that and body issues. All this is going to come out. That's going to be the real expense, the real long-term cause. Like <laughs> Oh, yeah, shut everything down. People gain 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever. I'm looking, I'm thinking I'll waste better myself. And it's like, I will get around to this. But, uh, you know, I'm putting my goal, working on getting the uh, podcast episodes out, uh, recorded every Saturday. And this one's going to go up tonight because it's going to be irrelevant. Some of it's going to be irrelevant by tomorrow. But, uh, yep. Yeah. That's. uh. That's one of the weir- weird things with podcasts. How uh, you it takes like a day to really produce and make it. Um oh fifth column just put out another one. So I am too behind. I'm gonna have to get ahead of that. Um I also have to see. Uh, oh I have to I have to listen to that. Uh, uh, Andrew Heaton's Pol- political orphanage Reddit versus Wall Street. I'm gonna listen to that. I I I, I like Andrew Heaton. <laughs> Some of his stuff is just really good. Anyway, I think I'm going to call it there. Um, I'll do some slight editing down, but yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. This was uh, corn chips and orange soda, season four, episode five. Who would have known we got this far? All right, thanks for tuning in. Bye.